Do you have any entries left in any Survivor Leagues at this point heading into I, I do. I wouldn't even I would refuse to even talk about it if I didn't have skin <laughs> in the game. So last week I used one on the on the uh football team. Uh but I had a weird feeling about them. I, I thought the Giants might win, so I, I used one on Jacksonville. So I haven't checked how many are left in that pool. It was like eight, nine hundred, and it's a pretty big pool. It's like a hundred K. Um, and now it's, I don't know what it is, but it could be like 400. I mean, it's still a lot of people left. So it's not you, really like I have it, that much equity, maybe 250 worth of equity. Um, but I have to look. I mean, it takes a lot to get you excited about this. I know what you're saying though. It's like when it's down to, you know, under a hundred people in that type of a pool, you'll start like, oh, okay. It's now a thousand. Is- yeah. Then it's a thousand, you know, my equity is th- once my equity is over a thousand, I'll start to get a little excited. All right. Um, so let's go over some of the picks for those uh, people that are still in Survivor. What, uh, like, who were the, and let's also teams that are probably not used. Let's go with that too. Like, kind of like, yeah, yeah. Cause everyone's going to take the Cowboys or right. you know, the Chiefs, but that's kind of obvious. I think the Dolphins, I don't think I use the Dolphins. I might still have, actually, I might have used them in that pool, but um, they're at the Jets. I think the Jets could win that game. I, it's just a weird, if it's cold out, the weather windy in the stadium you know the dolphins are kind of a soft finesse team conditions are good they use that track speed everywhere but the jets except for their quarterback qb1 so sad he's now the the emergency quarterback you know i mean he's he's done so much for the uh other generations in society and now he's relegated <laughs> to being the emergency quarterback but hopefully he's an emergency he saw he helps out in some emergencies uh, off the field as well. <laughs> I, I have a theory about why they're starting Tim Boyle over uh, Tri- Trevor Simeon, another one of yeah. your favorites. Yeah. Uh, is that evolution? I, it's called evolution, yeah. Alex. Yeah. It's simple. <laughs> it's a very I, popular theory. I, I actually, you know, when we're ranking like the lissisms of those things, I, that's in my top 15, top 20, the Trevor Simeon. S- one. Simeon. I, I just am so happy these guys exist, right? Like, what would I do if, if Tom Savage wasn't named Savage? You know, like, uh, there's just it's just lucky. It's just a luck of the draw that these, that certain players have these names. And then they're also like, you know, hilarious players like these, like perennial backups that, tra- you know, travel around the league and like resurface in 2023. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Mookie Betts is another all time yeah. favorite. Well, I had a whole bit that was like, you know, Pete Rose should have been named Mookie Betts and St- Steve Howe. Remember Steve Howe should have been named Phil Coke, right, both left-handed right. relievers for the Yankees. Right? right. Steve Howe did so much cocaine. I think he died pretty young because of it. And then uh, Tim Tebow should have been named Christian Ponder. Right. Uh, so there's, right, there's, right, right. I, there was another one that I just That's got this year and I forgot it. There was a fourth one that was perfect <laughs> and I forgot it. I got it. It'll, maybe it'll come to me by the end of this uh, right. podcast. So I have a theory on why they're starting Tim Boyle. And I, I thought it was obvious. I'm just curious to bounce it off you here is that, you know, they held out so long on, on benching Zach Wilson that, they're going to put Tim Boyle in. I think most people think that Tim Boyle is worse or equal to Zach Wilson. So Robert Sala and anyone who made that decision to put Zach Wilson, uh, uh, keep playing him could say, see, I told you, you know, Tim Boyle just threw four picks. You know I mean? You know, it's versus putting in Simeon who at least is a credible backup for a game or two who probably would be able to run the offense because it, as a jet fan, it just oh, you think they're like tanking now, like they're out of the playoffs now. So they're just going to like, save face basically it's like a face saving uh decision it's they have to somehow i mean zach wilson matt canada we'll talk about him in a few minutes like these are decisions that like everyone else knew a month and a half ago that they're finally doing it and now i think it's a little bit self-sabotage for the jets i mean tim boyle i mean he famously was one of these guys that had more interceptions than touchdowns in college 
Yeah, but I'm sure in the pros it'll be a lot better. Uh, the the, the, the <laughs> I don't know if they would do it for saving face. I mean, that just seems you know really uh, a low opinion of Salah. I think Salah he's done a great like job with the defense, and you know obviously it was bad luck that Rogers got hurt, and obviously it wasn't Salah's fault that they drafted Zach Wilson number two, uh, and you, your number two overall guy who's been hurt a bit. I I understand like. You could like go out. I mean, if, if they knew who Josh Dobbs was, they could have got Josh Dobbs. But they did know who he was at the trade deadline. Yeah, I guess they could have tried to trade for him, and instead that, the Vikings did. Yeah, right. And then all you had the, the, the Vikings yeah. did a six six round pick. Yeah, well for a fourth, you got the Jets team is built to make the playoffs. I'm not saying right. they'll do any damage there. All you need was you said this list. Sometimes you just need a C minus at quarterback, right. and it's good. This right. is one of those situations. Zach Wilson is a D minus on his on like his good days. Yeah, I think Tommy DeVito is better than Zach Wilson. That's scary. Not, not even a question. Not even a yeah. question. I mean, and you know, they took this guy with the number two pick. Now, Trevor Lawrence finally had a good game, but it's hilarious that the Jets were in position for the number one pick. They lost the game. I mean, they won the game for God knows what reason. They won the game. And then they were like, it's no big deal. We're, we're even happier with Zach Wilson. And that is just... And then the Niners gave away like a King's ransom to get Trey Lance in that same draft. I mean... Nobody knows anything. It is so funny how ridiculous, you know, these these teams are and the moves they're making. It's just so funny. Yeah. Another example is the, uh, you know, the, the stark difference between Bryce Young and CJ Shroud, right? I mean, the Texans, to their credit, said if we were picking number one at the time, we had Young on our board, too. I mean, they, they weren't like, oh, yeah, we knew CJ Shroud. Like, they're like, yeah, Shroud was our number two. We picked two. We took him. I mean, they, I mean, Tom they, Brady went in the sixth round. I mean, any team could have had Tom Brady that they wanted. He was freely available. Even the Patriots, even you say, oh, they're geniuses. They got Tom Brady. It's like they allowed everybody to pick in the sixth round before them that was ahead of them in the sixth round before they got Tom Brady. And they didn't think, oh, it would be a shame if somebody took him two picks earlier and we missed out on Tom Brady. They just were like, oh, okay, fine. We'll take it. Nobody knows. They had no idea who Tom Brady was. Knowing what you know now, you would take Tom Brady in the second round. You wouldn't take him in the first round because there's no chance he was going in the first round. He was no real chance he was going in the second round, but you couldn't risk it. You had to just eat the second round pick and, and get the dynasty for it. But it's just uh, it's just so funny, like the the amount of certainty these like draft analysts, analytics, draft, draft nicks, yeah, or just the <laughs> analytics crowd. They're so sure of everything, and then you really look at it like it is just completely. Up here, and and you know, and I this is a huge point I have about you know you must draft the quarterback. When you miss a quarterback, things like this happen where you you end up with Zach Wilson for half the season and don't trade for Josh Dobbs. I think they wanted, I mean, they could have traded for Dobbs, but they wanted Wilson to work out. And actually, Wilson, the worst thing he did was he played okay in a couple games. He had a couple okay games that gave them a little bit of false hope. And they were like, look, this is the number two overall pick. Rodgers is coming back eventually. Um Let's just roll with him, you know, for a couple more games and, and maybe he'll be okay. I think Salah really wanted it to work. Yeah, I'm sure he wanted it to work, but sometimes you get the best performance out of it out of anyone in any job when you put their when you put their replacement in the room with them. And they didn't even want to challenge this guy last year. And then the, you know, this year they didn't want to give him a competent backup. Like Carson Wentz, by all accounts, there and say what you want about Carson Wentz. At least he's a professional quarterback that has real experience. Oh, he's too t truly terrible. Wentz, I, but it can't be worse than Zach Wilson. I mean, the Jet. I fans, don't know. He he led. Okay, so when he was replaced by Hertz in Hertz's rookie year, he led the NFL in three categories: interceptions, fumbles, and sacks taken. 
I mean, it was a triple crown. You know, I mean, you can't win the triple crown as a quarterback because you don't make it that far. Nobody wins the triple crown as a quarterback. And he was winning the triple crown, the anti-triple crown. I, and this is like three years later, right? And he also was abysmal for the Colts, abysmal. I mean, he was just utterly terrible. I can't imagine his carcass at this point being much of an upgrade. I mean, Zach Wilson just wasn't, didn't know how to play pro football, right? Like he just, there's nothing wrong with his athleticism or his arm. It was just like his brain just didn't process what was happening or he's too nervous or something. And he couldn't deliver his skill into the game in a way that was credible at an NFL level like that. So maybe, you know, anybody would have been an upgrade. But what about Mike White? They used to have Mike White. He wasn't that bad. I mean, the Dolphins have Mike White because they know that two is fragile. I mean, they, they're not letting go right. of him. They have playoff aspirations. I'm talking about you have to back up QB hunt on those teams that are out of it. Like, you know, I just I always use the name Andy Dalton, right? I mean, maybe right. Andy Dalton's a good mentor to Bryce Young, but at this point of the season, Bryce Young, he's starting. Like, that would have been a good credible backup or a player to bring in, um, right. you know, for a late round, day three pick, uh, just anything. It's just that well, now that, the, you know, we started this conversation talking about the Jets backup quarterback situation. And I just, Tim Boyle, it's, you're going to see, it's going to be worse than Zach Wilson. And they have Simeon on the roster. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like the Niners got rid of Trey Lance for the same reason. You can't have the prospect be the backup. Right. It, 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 that's the worst situation. You have Rogers, the starter, and the prospect is the backup. Well, the problem is the prospect if he, that's not the guy you want to bring in because he's not ready and he's, and he's also um, you, it's, you can't really just get rid of him without just, you know, flushing him completely. And so they traded Lance to the Cowboys. They couldn't have not, you know, you want to have a prospect as a backup to come in and then be Patrick Mahomes when Alex Smith was there, but you can't have a pro like a failed prospect as a backup or a failing prospect. It can't that's, you know, and I think the Niners, like, even though Darnold is, you know, Zach Wilson 1.0, Darnold's better than Wilson, right? Like, yeah. and so I mean, the Jets should trade for Darnold. That's who they should have got. Yeah, maybe good. give up like a second round pick or something for him. Sometimes you can't go back to a bad relationship. You yeah, know, no, you ever you, you ever get back with like an ex girlfriend when you were in the dating scene? It never works out. Yeah, not really. No, usually those bridges were burned. One of yeah. them. I, can I say this on the uh, on the Roadwire podcast? Sure. One of them. The last words I heard from her, I we got we were arguing. I can't remember about what, and I said something, and then the last thing she said was, "Fine, fuck you," and I hung up. <laughs> Last I ever heard from that woman in my life. Yep. Right. You ever Last search for her on social media? See what she No, doing? she did. She did. We did have a mutual friend later, like maybe 10 years later. And he mentioned to her that he knew me. And she said, oh, say hi to him. Say hello to him. So well, no hard emotion. feelings. Yeah, no hard emotion. feelings. What did you do wrong? What was the... I don't remember. About? I don't remember. I, I swear to God, I don't remember. We were just arguing. And, you know, I know I said something. And then she said, fine, then fuck you. Hung up the phone. That was the last I ever heard from her. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, YouTube is not, um, they're, they're not like. And, and Jeff, Jeff and Peter met that girl because in 1999, when I was writing uh, for Roto News, they had tickets to a Dodgers game and I brought her and I met her because she was like in this yoga scene and this is too much random information, but, um, and she had all these like weird hippie boyfriends. Her dad was just some guy from New York, you know, and she told her dad, she told me this, she told her dad that she was going on a date with a guy to a baseball game. And he was so relieved because there are all these like weirdo freak guys that she was with and he, and he hated it. It was like, Oh, the normal person's taking you out on a date to a baseball game. Well, it didn't work out. You know, she obviously preferred those kind of other freaks, but, um, but well, Jeff well, and Pete did meet her once. I don't know if they remember, but I, I took a girlfriend to, to the, uh, 
what was their opinion of her? Did they were they thumbs up neutral or? I think I don't remember. I they, they were like just you know I I didn't know them well, so at the time they were just friendly and you know she was yeah she was a perfectly nice person. Uh, I was just telling you how that would She was a yoga. Any armpit hair on her? I mean, no, no, no. She was attractive and clean and there's nothing wrong with her i like armpit hair on a woman i know that's like a weird thing but that's like one of the things i kind of like i i didn't realize i liked it until you know as i had those um you remember the the dirty magazine it was called we when we were growing up i i definitely knew of it you know i was it one of one was it one of those that woody allen was trying to buy in Uh, uh, bananas (laughs) and he was trying to hide it and then they then they're like how much is the how much is we how much is you know and like everyone in this new shop is like well, it was, was a French magazine, and okay. French women famously in the 70s and 80s had, you know, ar- armpit hair. And right. I, you know, that that was the magazine I hid under my oh, bed. Sure. So that that's why I grew up, you know, uh, enjoying. So uh, I didn't know any different. Hey, yeah. I mean, I, that, there's much more perverse things than that. That's not the Oh, most yeah. No, no. I, that's, yeah. if, you know, if it was perverse, I wouldn't say it publicly. This <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. you know, that's natural. Yeah. Natural. yeah. It's a preference. Yeah. Right. Speaking of armpit hair, we got now. Um, so I want to talk about Mark Andrews. Right, Mark Andrews out for the season. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to ask like a vanilla question. Like, what do you do now? But like, okay, let's say you have a team, Mark Andrews. Isaiah, uh, I'm just curious of what you think one the Ravens to do. And then if you're in fantasy, do you try to make a quick trade here before the trade deadline? You, you always say you can't make trades in fantasy. You can trade for a tight end if you have an extra wide receiver or something. But would you just be comfortable putting Isaiah Likely in there? Um, give your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, sure. Why not? You know, um, obviously he's not Mark Andrews yet. And, you know, the distribution of targets may, you know, Beckham looks like he's like a, he sort of looks like the guy in the Giants. He's not quite as fast, but took some of those slants to the house and um, looks like the number one. It's funny because preseason, they asked one of the Ravens DBs, who's the number one receiver. And I was hoping, because I got talked into Zay Flowers, you might have <laughs> heard about this, that, that he would say Flowers is dominating camp. And the guy's like, oh, without question, Beckham. And everyone thought, I thought when he said that, oh, that's just some like veteran ass kissing, right? Because even if a uh, veteran's washed up, they always act like, oh, Larry Fitzgerald in 2021 is still the best re- top five receiver in the league. Or, you know, or, you know, Jason Witten in 2019 is still one of the best tight ends. Like everyone knows he's washed, but they just have a lot of respect with the coaches, the players, the media. And so other players like overly praise them too. So I just thought, oh, Odell's like a respected veteran. But Odell actually is the number one receiver <laughs> on the Ravens. And now with Andrews gone, you know, maybe likely just fills that role or maybe um, the targets get completely redistributed. Yeah. Odell is finally the player that the Ravens thought they were signing in free agency. Right. And we forgot. Yeah. Oh, that's Odell Beckham. But you saw he came up with that. He got that hip. You know that um, they call it a hip fall. Ta- I forget what yeah. it's called. What's, yeah. what they, what's that type of tackle called? Yeah, yeah, I know. The, the hip drop or something. Hip drop. Yeah. Hip drop. So, so Mark Andrews gets hurt on the hip drop. Lamar gets a sprained ankle, gets up. Odell gets a slammed with his shoulder. Uh, there's a no doubt that they're going to review if that type of ta- tackle is going to be legal moving forward. You know, and I told this to my wife. She says she made the joke that we've all been making for, you know, a, a year already. Oh, what are they going to play flag football? You know what I mean? So yeah. you think they yeah, should outlaw I, the hip hip drop? No, they should mandate it. Here, here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. Did you see the Brady uh, uh, interview that um, who, it was it was with Stephen A. Smith and Kareem Jackson, who's been called a dirty player, uh, retweeted it because they're like, and Brady's like, frankly, the quality of play isn't as good. Guys have gotten into bad habits. He's like, when we played, you had to protect yourself. He's like, I didn't throw, you know, uh, murder balls to people. You know, I didn't throw these, 
uh, over the middle passes where my guy would get absolutely, you know, murdered um, because I knew, you know, I knew Ray Lewis was there and, and I wasn't going to do it. And all these guys that you're saying are dirty players. That was what Ray Lewis did on every play, yeah. you know, and that's why Ray Lewis is, well, Ray Lewis, you know, off the field too, took care of his own situation as well. You know, uh, <laughs> he, he was so, a dirty player off the field. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, don't mess with Ray Lewis, but the, but the thing is there is a sense of, of things are getting, you know, like, like safety is this, the safetyism it's throughout society, obviously. Right. I mean, it shut that entire society because of a respiratory mm -hmm. virus. And it's like, did, was that good? Now the verdict seems to be coming out. No, that was horrendous. It was horrendous. It wasn't worth it. And the safetyism, which is goes beyond just viruses, you know, it's just in every, Oh, we have to, Oh, we can't have free speech. we got to keep people safe. Oh, if you hear something that's, that's misinformation, it could be very dangerous. Like, Everything is is the safetyism, right? Safety, safety. It started with terrorism. Oh, terrorism! We got to have all. We got to have the Patriot Act. We got to spy on all the Americans because you keep dying a terrorist right. attack. Safetyism. So still have, to, still have to take your shoes off at the airport. Hey, Richard years Reed. Later. Richard Reed he didn't even succeed. He got tackled, and now you know that guy. You know everyone knows who Richard. You know Richard Reed, the shoe bomber, the failed mm -hmm. shoe bomber, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, but he succeeded because now we're all taking off our shoes. So. Yeah, I mean the safetyism is is a disease. I mean, look, we're all going to die 100%, and um, and it, you know you could get hit by a bus or by a car. And I'm I'm very like conservative. Like when I'm driving on the highway, I always pass cars and then try to leave as much space between me and all the surrounding cars. You don't know whose tire is going to blow. You don't know who's um, you know having a heart attack at the wheel for any unexplained reason or falling asleep at the wheel or how much sleep they got or if they've been drinking. You have no idea, right? So like you know that you're paying attention. But another aspect of driving safety is keeping space around so you have time to react if something, you know, goes wrong. Right. I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I'm cautious about things like that, right? Driving, you can easily die. But I also know I still get in the car. I still get on the highway, right? Which is a risk. I still do things um, that are risky, that are necessary for life. And I feel like um, it's good to mitigate risk. I wear a seatbelt, right? But you know, I wouldn't wear a straight jacket. You know what I mean? I wear a seatbelt, I won't wear a straight jacket. And I feel like they're like, if safety is at all costs, you know, I need to get a bubble suit, you know, every time I get in the car because that would be safer. And, and I think the NFL is a little bit like this. Like, look, we want to watch the NFL tackle football. And it's a, it's a rough sport. And the other thing that Brady pointed out about protecting yourself is it's kind of like this biking helmet thing. Like, I don't bike in the street like I'm an moron like these people like I mean, like in an urban in an urban yeah like urban. these people like i'm almost kill eight of them like just driving home because they're trying to zip past my car with like an inch between the park i'm like dude you're gonna get killed and it's gonna be my fault you know i would never do that i hate that my friend in venice you know back in the day smoke some weed go drive bike you know let's go bike to the beach and i'm biking with them in this traffic in venice beach you know like like turning my head my my neck is hurting i'm like so paranoid about the cars but it's not fun no. it's not fun at all so um you know, but on a bike path or whatever, I, I don't wear a helmet. You know, I make Sasha wear one because I'm a helicopter parent, but I, I don't wear one, right? And it's like, you know, just shit like that. Like one of the reasons that, you know, if you have helmets all the time, then maybe you're a little more cavalier about how you're biking. I try to not fall. You know, that's, you know, I try to protect myself. And Brady's kind of saying like, if these guys, if there are all these rules, you're counting on the rule book to protect you, you know, then maybe you don't learn to protect yourself. You know, maybe um, you don't, the quarterback just throws that, hospital ball. Um, and because there's, there's a rule against it. Well, what happens if Kareem Jackson doesn't give a shit about the rule? Cause he was raised playing football the way it used to be played or just by instinct, he crushes you, you know? So 
for every like official safety measure from the refs and the league and the rules, one less amount of caution, you know, then, then the people are less cautious. So I feel like, you know, there's a balance, obviously we don't want guys to, you know, go full Daryl Stingley every, every game, (laughs) but, but we, but we, you know, it's a rough sport. It's nasty. And I don't think there's like that many fewer concussions than there were. I mean, it seems like there's plenty of concussions now. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I just, it just, I'm, I'm against it. I just think like, stop making rules, uh, that keep restricting the defense and, and have those tackles increased because some of the other tackles are illegal. I mean, maybe, maybe this hip drop thing is more common now. I never heard of this until this year. Maybe this is even exists because they've been like removed from doing certain other kinds of hits. I don't know. This uh, reminds me of the George Carlin bit of where his rule changes the football, leave the injured on the field. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was his real man. Well, well my, my solution was to have a trap door. Right. So, um, so like guy goes down and you got to f- fucking go to commercial, like interrupts the game. Like, it's just so annoying. You just trap door guy drops through. He gets shipped underground into like a hospital or wherever he needs to go. Boom. Next play. Like you don't, you just, you open the <laughs> trap door, drop him through, close it up, play. You know, we don't need to have everyone standing around a commercial, you know, trap well, door. That's my solution. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately it's a, it's a money business and that's why they do it. But I would, you know, you can get the trap door sponsored, sponsored by, you know, yeah. Trap door. Whoever, but sponsored, sponsored by, by Pfizer. Sponsored by Pfizer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Have this a heart is- attack. Drop to the trap door. <laughs> Send you right to the hospital. <laughs> this is why I miss you uh, listening yeah. on, on the radio every day. I, this is I, where uh, I would get the call from Matt Dorsch. You, you, know, you want to hear something hilarious? So Jeff yeah. Manns. I love Jeff Manns. So apparently uh, Matt Jeff Dor- Manns, a, a host on SiriusXM. Yeah, he's one of the hosts on SiriusXM. And uh, apparently, like, I would curse a lot on the air. And then Manns would also curse. And when Deutsch would yell at Mans for cursing, Mans would say, well, this does it. <laughs> so he was, ratted you out. I, no, 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 no. He, everyone knew I did it. It was that he was trying to say like, look, you know, we're, it's not like I'm the only one, you know, we're all doing it. And, and Deutsch would then say to me, look, we can't have you cursing because now other people are cursing. Like, and you, right. it was hilarious. Well, so was this like, is, well, this is why. So again, I think you already know this, but the reason is I've heard Jeff Mans. He's a talented broadcaster, but it, it didn't sound, it sounded like, cringy when he would curse whereas it sounds like part of your organic language and i think that matt deutsch recognized that oh maybe i have no idea i, I don't really listen to the shows um i never listen to the shows because i was in europe you know so i was you yeah. know i couldn't yeah, i like wasn't I said, able to I, hear him so to me like that was just my observation as a fan listening again i like yeah. man's good broadcaster yeah. but it just it's like, oh that was a curse where you know there oh, I, I worked it in more, more like you wouldn't notice necessarily. Yeah, it was just part of your, yeah. you know, you know. She was you just know, hanging up the phone on me, being like, "Fuck you!" Boom, and that was it. Right? <laughs> Maybe that's extreme for Sirius <laughs> XM, but you know. Yeah. Um. Do they? I I know Thanksgiving's an American holiday, but in is there any acknowledgement, or is there a lot of Americans in Portugal with Thanksgiving? Is there anything stop or there's, go? Or? No, there's no. Everything's open. Nobody cares in Portugal, right? Like, right. um, but. Um, but there's expats here who obviously are going to celebrate it. We're taking Sasha out of school. It's not like an off day. Um, and we're celebrating it. I don't actually know these people that well. Uh, I've met them once, but a lot of our good friends know them well. And they've gone to their house. Apparently, it's like a blowout. This is where you're going? for Yeah, thing. tomorrow. Yeah. Like, it's like a blowout feast of, like, excellent food every year. And so uh, and so that's what we're doing. I don't, yeah. I don't know this, the details. And for anyone... Tuning in for the first time, Chris List lives in uh, in Portugal. That's why I asked that. I was just curious. I had that on my list to ask you. Back to football, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, did you observe? Uh, well, actually, you know what? Pause, Joe Burrow. I want to actually. It, 
it's on my list. It's important, but Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, that game right there. Okay. So I, I the the group of receivers here, this is worse than I've ever seen it with the Marquez Valdez Scantling drop. Oh, um Patrick Mahomes to me looks like as good as he's ever oh, had. He's the fans. best player I've ever seen play football. That guy on the move with people on turning around, spinning. Yeah. Rushes are there. He sees this guy, that guy, this running back moving, this receiver. Does he run for 15 yards? Does he run for eight yards right to the edge of the line of scrimmage and then toss it to somebody who gets eight more yards? Like his decision on the fly, he's the opposite of Zach Wilson. I mean, it's just like this guy is completely, completely aware of every uniform on the field, every player around him. I've never, the only thing I can compare it to is Peak Rogers. Peak Rogers was like that, like could just, was a wizard, like would be about to take a sack, and just spin out and like find somebody. So that's the only other guy I can even ima- even compare him to is like that absolute peak of Aaron Rodgers. But Mahomes looked amazing. He was so much better than Hurts. It's not even close. I saw a, a good tweet that said, you know who would have caught that pass that Valdez Scantling dropped? Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you know, Tyreek Hill. And they won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill. So they, yeah, they but- have that. That I, but now they can't. Okay, fine. They did it they, once. They can. No, they can win again. They can still win with this crew. I mean, it. Uh, it, it I it think did, they're, yeah, they, of course. Who's going to be? Who's going to beat them in the AFC? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, that's that's fair. So they're in the Super Bowl. What are the odds they win the Super Bowl? Like forty five percent. Well, ba- Baltimore could beat them in the AFC. They could but, beat them, but I'm right. saying like I, the Chiefs would be favored on a neutral field. I think right now. Yeah, I mean, but they're doing it with one hand tied behind their back. I mean, this is below the level of pass catchers. Oh, that's even. Well, like Rasheed Rice is good. Rasheed Rice looks good, and oh. so that, that's one. And then they have Kelsey. So I mean, it's like that should be enough. Kelsey Rish- fumbled away the game. By the way, they were going to go up ten. Yeah, Rasheed Rice is fine for like your number three. He's like a good like complimentary. He he's like the perfect number three, or you know, he could play the role of number two. But they needed something or someone. Listen, Justin Watson, who I actually like, he's dropping passes. Uh, running game. I saw you wrote about in your Real Man Sports piece. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco just runs like he wants to have like a two year NFL career, right? right? I mean, Marin the Barbarian Part Two. You know, just like. Let me just run as fast as I can through a brick wall. I don't care. I just don't care. I love it. It's a great style, but it's not a long, it's not a long-term style. And we saw, you know, rest in peace. Marion Barbarian died this past year, didn't he? Yeah, he did because uh, I'm sure it was the cumulative hits. I mean, imagine I had a friend like that growing up, you know, getting into fights and like, it didn't matter if he got punched in the face. Like he just didn't care. Like imagine just having that mentality in the NFL. So you're just literally gigantic, you know, six, six, four, you know, six, three, 250 pound, linebackers and edge rushers are just full speed crushing you and you don't care. You know, you just get up, go back. And as long as you're not, as long as you don't have an orthopedic injury, you're in for the next play. And then of yeah. course, you know, that does damage. Uh, we had a, one of our, our chatters asked if we, did I miss the survivor talk? See, I told you titling this thing about survivor. We do talk a little survivor, but then we get into all NFL things just to review. Uh, we we kind of touched on it. We probably should just hit like, Give your list of like four or five in order, and we know you're not going to have some of these teams, right? But so we want to make sure. I we mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I would do here, but I kind of, I think the Raiders at home against the Chiefs is going to be a tough match. I think I think the Chiefs will win. I don't think they'll cover. How about the Vikings uh, on Monday night? Yeah, I I don't like that much. I, I think Fields is. Um, first of all, the Bears team. defense played better, and Fields is is good. I mean, he's not great, but he's like, you know, he's a real quarterback. Um, I'm looking at the other ones that you might have available. You're not going to have the chiefs anyway. You're not going to have Dallas. You're not going to have the Niners. You probably don't have the lions. It's a hard week, man. It's a hard well, week with what's left. 
I mean, I've got a weird hunch. This is so crazy. So the Patriots, by the way, you know, I was picking the games early in these things and I was getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. I, I, won, I told you I won money because I, I won four weeks ago. Then I went one and four week, week 10. I went five and oh on my main picks last week again and three and two on the other picks. So I'm going to roll, but don't doesn't mean I'm going to be good this week, but I'm just going to boast for a second. Um, so this is, so this is an interesting game. So I thought the Patriots, what, what do you know what the line is in that game? Cause don't, don't, don't look at it. So it's, is the Patriots, no, the, I, Giants? I, the Giants, oh, cause you don't know. Good. Yeah. Giants are at home. They're hosting the page. What do you think the line would be in that game? I'm going to say just again, it's not what I would make it, but I'm going to say that the market is going to favor the Patriots by a point. Okay. That's actually, it's not what I would what I, do. So I had it as two and a half point favorites for the Giants. That's what I would have. I would okay. have it one and a half for the Giants. Okay. I was just like, Giants are at home. These teams both suck. You know, they're about equal. Giants should be favored. Right. And I could see Patriots minus one or whatever. It's Patriots minus two and a half. It's Patriots minus three. Yeah. Okay? I mean, that's up. So okay. that means it would be plus the Patriots at home would be, be plus nine or plus eight, you know, or plus seven. The thing is like Patriots Jets are equal in my opinion. They're both shitty teams that are still kind of, you know, Giants are still trying, you know, they still have some players defense played well last week. And, but I almost feel like the Patriots I'm going to lay the wood with because it's such, here, here's my case. Dan, uh, Danny DeVito got sacked nine times. Okay. And so, you know, that line in him, it, this is, it's, it's not good. Like they're in there. Remember, that's the team that traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They don't have their two main can, guys. While you're while you're breaking down this game, can I, you know, can I do my usual uh, half hour yeah. break so I can yeah. so I can last another half hour? Yeah, you're gonna get that I, looked I at. A, yeah, I know. I have a prostate issue. Yeah, I guess yeah. I'll be you're right back. Looked at by a nurse. A yeah. Um. So, so the Giants, you know, they they played good defense, but they won a game largely because they got a bunch of turnovers. The football team was the better team. Probably they got nine sacks and I don't think they can duplicate that. And I don't know if Belichick is still totally there, but to the extent that he fools young quarterbacks, the defense may have a good game plan and the Patriots are the ultimate buy low. So the giants are sell high after that win. The Patriots are, are, are a buy low. The line looks totally whack. It's totally like, what is this line about? And I think it's one of those times where, um, where the Pats, I, I don't like, again, value wise, it seems absurd to me that the Patriots are laying three in New York, but I think I might take the Patriots just because, you know, you know, I, what I, the biggest mistake I made in, in like handicapping was like looking at that, like Massey Peabody bullshit. Those like, Oh, <laughs> you, this you used is, to love that thing. You, that it, was it's like the worst. It's the worst. It's, po- it's poison. It's poison. Oh because my what, because what it is, I'm not saying they don't do a good job or whatever. It's not no, that. But you're it, using it, it as what you call a heuristic, like a as like a Bible, not as a te- guide. No, no, it's te- no, not even the Bible, not even the guide. It's, it, anything. It's it's terrible because what it is is an average performance of these teams, okay, and and weighted, you know, for recency and all the things mm-hmm. you're supposed to weight it for. I'm not saying they made errors. I mean, I'm sure it's not perfect. Like nothing's perfect. But the point is, that's not what you're doing. You're not trying to find out which team on average got the better value on average. What you're trying to find out is. Which team is going to cover the spread this week? And and this this whole method of being like, well, they may or may not cover it this week, but this is what they should be expected to do on average, right? That is just like completely, the, the only reason you would ever do that is if you do nothing about football. Like when I did the uh, basketball draft with Sasha, I, we just went off ADP and then varied it a little bit because I'm not, I don't know enough about basketball. She knows a little, she did some research, but like, I don't know with these players, like I had to use ADP. 
fine, you use something like that, right? But you don't need them because you have a line anyway. You already know what the number is from the market. So it's not like you're just like making up a number. Oh, I'll bet on the Giants straight up. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the market is. You know the number. So that stuff is so poisonous to actually paying attention and using your judgment on what's going on in the football field on a given week. And the thing is like every week, something happened last week. Something's going on travel-wise. Something's going on momentum-wise. Something's going on um, the way the team is sort of um, growing or regressing. There's all these inflection points in a year. And if you're, if you're in on it, if you have the pulse dialed in, then you can be like, oh, the Giants are a good value based on like, in my opinion, sort of where it is, but the Patriots in the right spot. And right. so I may stay away from that game or I may take the Giants or may take the Patriots, but I'm not going to be like, oh, because the average here is, is off, our averages are this. It's just to me that is poison. But I actually think the market lines that are set initially by the sports books use those kind of things. They use those sort of average things. And that's why you can actually make money if you're selective. Not, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money picking every game. But if you're selective and attentive and, and you trust your judgment and then you pay attention when you get it wrong. So I, I think all of these like models are poison. They're just poison. Yeah. So. Well, again, they're a way if, you, if you're doing this from based on what you're saying, if you're doing this and you're using that method, the model should confirm what you're observing, not the model shouldn't dictate what you are picking. Well, a lot of times they say that, you know, the mo oh, no, no, the model is a check on your observations, on your biases, right? So like, oh, you think this team's good, but actually if you take out the turnovers and all the luck stuff, this team's not that good. And so the model is telling you what the real value is. That's why it's so tempting to be like, oh, the model knows because it took out all the luck stuff. And they say, you know, well, the fumble, you know, it's once the fumble drops, it's luck who recovers it. So this team's, you know, plus six on fumbles. There's, you know, they, you think they're good because they're kneeling on the ball in the fourth quarter and you have an association with them being good. But you don't, you're not paying attention to all the fumbles they recovered, which is luck. But I think that's fine to know that, and it's true. But in the end, you're not handicapping on average. You're handicapping this particular game. And in fact, those models have no opinion on this particular game. They'll say, here's what is likely to happen. But if it goes completely wrong, they'll just be like, yeah, that was just on average what might have happened. What actually happened is not. And you don't really give a shit because you put your money down. You're not betting every single game based on their numbers you're putting your money down in this particular game and you're like, um, did I read this right? And a lot of people say, you can't read it right. All this stuff about momentum and the, the inflections and stuff. It's impossible. That's another psyop, man. I, I think I <laughs> fell for that. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just, how can I read this? You know it when you know it, you know? And sometimes you pretend to know it, but you don't really know it. But sometimes you see it and you're like, this is it. This is the game they're going to go off. And, um, and you got to You got to trust it. And, and, Otherwise, why are you even doing this? Just get a just get AI to do it for you, and then the AIs will bet against the AI markets, and there's no betting. I mean, it's just probability, um, you know. And and I think most of the the so-called uh, sharps, they're not sharp. They don't know shit about anything. All they're doing is trying to capitalize on people's mistakes who think they know but don't mm -hmm. know, right? And so that's that's their whole thing. But instead of capitalizing someone else's mistake, how about actually having a feel for where the league is going? So. That's what everybody thinks who's making the mistake. And they're like, ha, I'm going to capitalize on you thinking that. But actually, some people actually pay attention and can have a feel for it if they don't get sucked into all these different um, sort of traps of, oh, well, a Monday night home dog or something like heuristic right. that's just like, you know, that's a trap. Like, don't, don't do that. You know, all the sharp betters, those fake touts do shit like that too. So it's hard, but it's doable.
You were referencing the Miami Giants game too, but the problem is that we don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Miami, uh, for Miami, sorry, uh, New England game. Uh, it's is it Will Greer? Is it Bailey Zappi? We know it's not going to be Mac Jones, but there's also a guy named Malik Cunningham who was a wide receiver list who played quarterback in college that in the preseason looked all right. I, I would want them to start him. It doesn't look like they're going to do that because he's a running quarterback. He might be a little. Is it qualified like, wide receiver in the NFFC? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Malik Cunningham, if he starts, put, I mean, that put in a bid for him, right? I mean, if, if he, if you have him at receiver and he's a starting quarterback, I'm going to look it up right now. I um, told you the, the legendary story where Dalton Dodon will, will sue me for saying this again. But one time we were sharing a team, this is like 2000 and got to be 2009 or 10 or something. And it was a QB flex. And Matt Schaub, I think the best defense in the league that, that year was either the Ravens or the Jaguars. He was playing against one of those like elite defenses. And so he benched him for Santana Moss. And Santana Moss got like seven points or something. And Chop oh. got, it was like a shootout, right? It was like an unexpected shootout. And that Chop scored like 30 points or something. And I, and I was, I scored him for it. And, and he's like, yeah, I know. I know those. And I said, I said, well, if Chop miraculously qualified at wide receiver tomorrow, what number wide receiver would he rank like rest of the season? He's like, uh, one. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's like, you never sit wide receiver one, no matter who they're playing. Right. And so, um, that's the same with this Cunningham guy, right? Well, if he's the starting, he's not, he's, not, he wouldn't be wide receiver one, but he'd be like wide receiver 10. If he qualified, you know, quarterback the rest of the year. I'll stop here. The, the NFFC sharp as always has him as quarterback. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Sharp too as bad. always. Um, so that game you're, you would, if you were forced to bet it, you would take the Patriots and, and lay the two and a half. Right now. That's my lean. I don't, I don't commit till the game start, you know, till, till yeah. Friday night when I make my actual picks, but I, at first, I was like, "That's ridiculous," you know. If like, I were, minus if I were them, though, I would start Mac Jones again because you'd kind of want to lose this game. You're two and eight. You're the Patriots. You're in the you're in the spot right now where if you lose again, you're getting one of the two. Hammer Can't have that. That's a bad culture. I, I think the Jets winning that last game was truly moronic. It's the last game of the year, like the season's over, yeah. and to go all out was just tough. But you can't in week twelve be like, "Let's start losing on purpose." Not losing think- on purpose, but. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's two elite prospect quarterbacks. You're in the third position. Now, you could get Marvin Harrison, who's you know supposed to be the best wide receiver prospect in the last five years or since Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So it's like three, four years. Uh, the Giants, I mean, listen, I know it's it's hard to tank in 12, 12 right? inch. You get 12 inch if you can, if he's there. Phoenix. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's that I, I've actually uh, repurposed your joke. Uh, gave you credit. It's fantastic. It makes it makes the room laugh. And then once it makes the room laugh, I said, "Oh, that joke comes via Chris List because I oh. can't say, hey, Chris List.' If it I, flops, I, then you don't. No, you should blame me. Say, look, it's a stupid joke, but I got it from List. It does. That's not all. Well, Phoenix never flops. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Twelve <laughs> yeah. inch. I mean, yeah. the thing is, like, I think twelve inch should be his nickname. I mean, well, I, you know, Penix. His name is Penix. I mean, I, you know, I sometimes you got to do a joke that's, uh, you know, the way you read it, you know, where the way it's read, right? And I mean, it's yeah, but it, Penix. It's, uh, when you say Penix, it's funny because it's the wrong. Well, I, did, I didn't know because I, I don't right. follow college football. I just read it as Penix, and you know, and it's and it's twelve inch. Um, there's a joke that I liked. You know, it said, um, but it it only works. You know, reading it. Some jokes only work telling it. Some jokes only work reading it. This one was, your kids may be nice, but German kids will always be kinder. But, you know, it's kinder, you know, right? Uh, when you read it. <laughs> right. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, uh, so 
Giants right now, by the way, three and eight in the fifth spot. I mean, if they lose two, they'll probably they'll move up a couple spots in the uh, draft order too. It, it's there comes up, and it's I was just about to say it's hard to tank in the NFL because all of the players are trying to put something good on tape. They don't want they don't they're not motivated to have uh, a bad record so they get another person that can come in in their position. Of course, of course, yeah. Of course. Whereas in the NBA, you could just play like you could you could sit down LeBron James. You could say that he's got an ankle injury. You could play like five scrubs, so to speak, and and keep moving down in the order. Do you do you think they should do the draft order how they do it in uh, in the NFL, or should it be? I always thought maybe a random lottery for the bottom ten. So like right now, Tampa Bay is in the tenth spot. Just do a random lottery that he could end up with the number one overall pick. For the bottom uh, 10 only. I don't think it's necessary. I think the NBA, it's so seismic when you get, I think right. Webinyama is going to be good. I mean, he's been up and down, but he just looks like so He's 19 up. years old, dude. And he's like seven foot three and could shoot. I mean, it's insane. But, but you know, LeBron or you get, you know, even, you know, Durant at the two pick or whatever should have been one. But you get one of those guys and it's like, although Durant ended up playing 10 different teams, but, you know, like you get one of those guys and it is such, it changes everything about your team in the NBA because it's only five starters, right? So, so like the incentive is so overwhelming. And the drop off like, in talent is so big from the pick to pick. Right. That's the other thing, right? So, like the NFL, like pick 12 is still like a really good pick, right? And maybe for the elite QBs, but in recent years, it really hasn't been like that, right? You've gotten a lot of Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez. I don't even have to say the Jets. But uh, but no, you've gotten a lot of uh, you know, um, Holmes and Allen were picked like eleven and ten. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson was picked yeah. like twelve or something, and so you know, to me, like the NFL, there's there's goodies all the, all throughout the first round, so there's not as big of an incentive to tank, um, and even that generational quarterback, um, sometimes you know, Trevor Lawrence, like he's all right, but like, is it you know, was that would that have been worth? screwing up your culture for and even even the quarterback is obviously the most important position by far is that you know it's still not like lebron to your team right like i, I feel like maybe mahomes is like lebron but that's about you know peak lebron versus mahomes you could say that's kind of close but that's like the greatest quarterback of all time arguably um and you know most quarterbacks are just not going to have that big of an impact like that yeah all right we you alluded to Joe Burrow a little bit earlier. Is he becoming like a like an injury guy? They're starting to stack up now, right? Like he missed the first four games with the calf and now the wrist surgery. And if um, in fantasy football next year, I mean, you know, I love Joe Burrow and he was kind of the consensus QB five-ish, right? Yep. Uh, you think people are going to be scared off of him next year? Totally. He, yeah, totally. he's going to go like Q, like. Jared Goff, is that going to be a question? Jared Goff or Joe Burrow? I don't, I don't think Goff, but I, I think, um, but Burrow also, first of all, is not going to run as much, you know, like he's, he, that's going to, that part of his game is probably going to be more and more limited. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of guys that, you know, um, that, that might sort of, you know, Anthony Richardson, where's he going to go if he's completely healthy? Okay. Here's um, our, here's your top. 12 Kyler Murray if he plays well down the stretch he's I mean, been playing fine so yeah. and like right and Trevor Lawrence now oh you were right around. about Murray you by about five points but it was golf's worst game at home all year and that final drive I'm like oh I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna get even I'm gonna get the touchdown it'll be the same and they handed it off because they got the ball like the one foot yard line I thought I thought uh he might sneak it there too to get that winning touchdown and he didn't that sucked but so you yeah, I'm right. just surprised well, it's, not, it's not right or wrong like I was just like the 
Goff has to do everything right to get there, whereas Murray just has to have a floor game to get there. That was my philosophy. I, well, and I no, been wrong. I, no, because Goff threw a ton of passes and he had a bad game, but he still almost got there. And I just felt like I knew that he was going to be extremely active in that game. And Murray, you know, could have gone either way. You know, it could have been a 1916 game or it could have been a shootout. It was, what is it, 22, mm-hmm. 23? It was, it was like a 21 16, 22 16 or something like that. So it was a low scoring game. He threw that one bomb touchdown to Rondell Moore. But I mean, that was one play. You know, Goff was throwing the ball around all day. So yeah, I, that was one of our sneaky ads on the Rotowire. Uh, it was Rondell Moore, and I was victory lapping. Man, that first play, I was like, Rondell yeah. Moore, that was my call. And then he doesn't go back to him the whole yeah. rest of the game. He had well, one target. That's something, you know. Yeah. Tutu uh, Atwell this week, I'm just, you know, you got me thinking about, like, guys I'm picking up, like, that don't cost anything. If Cooper Cup doesn't play, I'm thinking back to, on the Rams, I'm thinking back to weeks one through three, Tutu Atwell had 17 points per game, nine targets per game. Is uh, is that someone that you'd feel comfortable playing in, well, I'm not comfortable, but if you have to, you have to. I mean, it's a good idea. You know, there's the idea player, right? Like, okay, cups out. Cup may not be out, but there's the guy that's like, okay, if this is the case, let's get some ideas, right? You need ideas, right? right. Sometimes, and that's like a good idea, you know. Right. He did it already this year, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just then he got marginalized once. Uh, and I'm just I'm kind of giving those random topics because I see some like start sit questions that people right. are asking us. But oh, I don't uh, care about what the audience wants. Well, that um, it made me think of my own start sit question. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's you know, I'm at the I answer all the start sit questions in the in the YouTube stuff, and you know, listen, it's part of my job, and I and I like helping people. But sometimes it gets incessant. Like on in our like our TikTok account, there'll be like 70 comments of people just saying, "Should I trade?" Isaiah Pacheco. There's no context. There's no anything. Right. So I just, just I just I wrote yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Trade him. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, so uh, we I don't know if we still have ask an expert for subscribers. Yes, we okay. do. I don't know if it's like. As so I that was my idea. Okay. This is yeah. like 2005, right? And I was answering a, a lot of them early on. I I stopped doing that for a couple of years, but you might have to answer like you know 50 or 60 questions in in a day. And it was so crazy back then. Like I was like running basketball, running football, writing all the columns. I didn't have the radio show every day, although 2005 we did. And then you just like have 60 questions to answer just in the admin area. And it's wild. It's just so crazy. But uh, yeah, I I don't think you should ask for advice for lineups anymore. Like, I just think like, look, either you, you know, you use Erickson's value meter if you're just totally clueless, right? You want just something to tell you like who's in the, what's in the ballpark. Or you just make the call. I, I don't know why. I know why, but I don't think people should be putting that on other people. There's a couple of different things that people do. So sometimes like I'll see my name tag. I'll say at Alan Zaslowski on, on Twitter, X, whatever. And they'll say this player, that player. And then I just, I just I, now I learned a trick. I go on yeah. to the person's mentions yeah. and they'll ask like 17 people the same question. So yep. those, I, I was like, oh man, they're just crowdsourcing. I'm being yeah. used, you know? Yeah. I'm not at a point where I, I'm like, hey, I'm going to blow someone off. So I'll just give a one word response. But if someone gives in the YouTube comments, because I manage the Rotowire YouTube page, a thoughtful thing, and I'm not looking like, hey, to big time anyone, but I'll write something thoughtful back. But, you know, again, being in a YouTube, like trying to game the algorithm, if they say Pacheco or Singletary, I'll say, what do you think? Then they have to write again. And the comments boost the YouTube algorithm. So that's my little, uh, like, they're going to use me. I'm going to use them. Right. Yeah. Good. That's good strategy. One night stand on the YouTube yeah. algorithm. Yeah. Uh, Wait, so I just want to go back to Joe Burrow because this is, uh, I think, is interesting. And, you know, in a, in a redraft, it's different than in a like a dynasty keeper. I see him, Joe Burrow, being traded all over the place in dynasty leagues. But 
I'm going to ask you quarterbacks. So the obvious ones that you're going to take ahead of them next year are Josh Allen, Hurts, Herbert. How about Dak Prescott? Who would you take, uh, knowing what you know now? If we were drafting right now for next year, uh, and and Burrow's declared well, healthy. Oh, and he's and he's healthy. I go Burrow. I think. I mean, Prescott's a good fantasy quarterback. He's he's, um, yeah. I mean, I'm a little annoyed because I started him last week over Purdy, but uh, you couldn't have seen that one coming, man. No, That's- I did. I knew. I knew. I was just too much of a nutless monkey. And it was funny that team. I mean, now Kenny Walker's hurt. It's got problems, but that team I stacked. You know, Dak and CD, but I also stack Purdy and Kittle, and they're both good stacks. You know, like they're you can either one is is a winning stack, and I I blew it because I it was just that Dak was such the hot hand, and I I leaned on that heuristic of like oh hot hands stick with them, don't override that. But the Panthers were a bad; it was just a bad fit for him to have a big game. He had a good game though overall. Let's say he uh, oh he had no. twenty fantasy points. Right, it yeah. wasn't Purdy had like thirty six. Yeah, that's no, uh, I been playing Justin Herbert in my NFFC where I was like in first or second place every week, every week, and then I did the hot hand thing. I benched Herbert last week for CJ Stroud, and it cost me like sixteen fantasy points and uh, a, more importantly a win, which is terrible. Yeah, it's I mean you know look you're, you're not going to get all your lineup no matter how dialed into your judgment and not being a nutless monkey and using a heuristic or someone else's advice, you're not going to get a perfect and you can live with those, right? Like those mistakes. But, uh, Pianoski always said this and I, I like this. He says, don't play for the friendliest loss. Mm. And, and that's a heuristic, but it's a good one because it doesn't help you, right? Like it doesn't help you choose. It, it actually makes it harder to choose. Cause you're saying like, don't worry if you feel good about it, just go with the guy you really think is going to do it. Don't go to like, talk to yourself the next day and say, yeah, but it was the hot hand or he did. I did draft him higher than the other, you know, if you think the other guys do it and make your own mistake. And I think the only heuristic that I'm now using is it's my call and it's my mistake. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm the boss of this and I'm the, I'm owning the mistake and it just feels so much better to make your own mistake than make a mistake. Cause someone else told you to. Yeah. And the same thing with like, when you're doing the waiver wire and ad drops, like I told people this week that, that asked my advice, like I said, it's okay to drop T Higgins. He's not doing anything for you. Now they have Jake Browning in there. Like you want to pick up, you know, I'm just making up a name, Devin Singletary, for some reason, in a shallower league or right. someone that's going to help you this week or a defense can help you. Like you can cut those guys. You don't have to be like, I drafted him in round two. I need to hold on to him. Yeah. It's not like he was doing that much consistently anyway. I, I mean, mean you know, you, you got to make errors because you can't be perfect. And so if you're, if you're not willing to make an error, you, you should be, it's like this. When I was learning to serve in tennis, remember the, the instructor was like, um, he was like, half of your faults should be in the net and half of your faults should be long. Mm. If all your faults are in the net or all your faults are long, you're doing something wrong. And your toss is in the wrong place. Something's going on wrong, right? You're not going to get all your serves in. But your errors should be equally on both sides. And it's the same thing. You're not going to make all the right uh, drop calls, but you should be burned half the time or maybe a third of the time because it's more painful and worse for you. But, you know, X amount of times because you dropped the guy who ended up being good and X amount of times because you held on to a guy that too long and should have dropped him earlier. Like it shouldn't just be you always get burned because you held the guy and never dropped him and he wasn't good. Or you always drop the guy after the first week and you get burned all the time and you never stick with your struggling players. There should be, you should make errors on both sides. Otherwise something's not right. Your, your approach isn't right. 
Yeah, I, I still get so pissed off though when I when I get not wrong for like okay, I swapped out Justin Herbert for TJ Shroud. Like I felt I was like okay, I know what I'm doing right now. Right. Herbert, they were both hot, but I was right. like I like this matchup better. Like I'm making this decision knowing it could go wrong. I just I get so frustrated though, not with those types, but like I traded away Tank Dell after he was hot for Deontay Johnson, thinking like hey, this is the quote safer player. The minute I hit accept on that trade, I knew it was going to go wrong, and now. It's like, oh my God, it's cost me two wins, probably a playoff. Catastrophic. Catastrophic, but uh, it's, you know, it's still sticking with me. So I purposely use that example because I want to talk about Matt Canada. I I loved your example. You called him Matt North Korea. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, what Canada is too totalitarian, go to a less totalitarian place, you know, (laughs) North Korea. Do you think this is going to make any difference for the offense? So selfishly, I want to know, do you think this is like the Deontay Johnson dead cat bounce game? Cause I, I really need him not to have three points again this week. I don't know. You know, obviously uh, when you fire a guy who's been doing poorly, it's always good, right? Just, just because just regression, right? Like you had a guy who was very below average, whoever what you made get, him, what made him so below average? I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I didn't really want I can't watch the Steelers. I can't watch that team. It's unwatchable. I didn't watch down in, down out. Kenny Pickett is terrible. I mean, maybe he's not that bad. I mean, remember Vince Young with Jeff Fisher and, you know, I mean, or golf Jared with Jeff Goff. Fisher. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then with uh, McVay. Um, so you just don't, you, you don't really know for sure, but, um, but he looks, you know, there's just no upside. There's nothing happening. You know, Jalen Warren's the only guy who does anything really. And, yeah. and so, a- yeah, go ahead. I have a question for you. So this is, I usually don't like take questions out of the chat, but this is a survivor question on a survivor podcast. This is an right. easy one. They just want to know what your lean is. If you had to pick between new Orleans and Atlanta for survivors. So no I mean, it's a coin flip. I mean, I guess I would take, uh, yeah, who would I you guess take? I would take new Orleans. I made them one and a half point favorites on my numbers, but that's, that's a coin flip. I mean, you know, right. and, and I, you know, it's just, you can blame less now. Now they can blame you at least, yeah. but, but it's like, you know, if you're, uh, if you're doing a coin flip, that's fine, but only do it if you you have a strong lean on it. You know, I I certainly do not. Yeah, uh, we're doing the the uh, Thanksgiving draft tonight on SiriusXM. Oh, I should do it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, remember that was like kind of how yeah. I got integrated into your show a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was I would beg you to come on that thing. So yeah, I wish your time zone wasn't all different because it would be fun to have you on there. I'm hosting with Jeff tonight. Uh, I would have done it, not but not at like one in the morning. I wouldn't have done it, but uh, I would have done it at, at the time zone. Yeah. yeah, I love those drafts. You know, it's yeah. just like it's just I, another excuse to like build a dom. You know, you get so excited about your dominant team. You know, and like for nothing, it's like one day, the fresh like start, twenty bucks, but it just gives you like new hope. Yeah, like like my teams, it's just sorting through. It's like Kenny Walker, like dude, and getting hurt like that in the first quarter. Like it's he's just gonna be a while too. It's gonna be a while. It's just like so. I've Keaton Mitchell. All right, so I, I got him. A couple of weeks before, and he didn't do anything. I started him over Jerry Judy, who did tiny bit more, but Judy is like unplayable at this point. Mm. But uh, but Keaton Mitchell, um, I think I got to use him a running back. It's him or Deontay Foreman who's banged up, and then Khalil yeah. Herbert's back. It's you. It's Mitchell. You know, friendliest loss. You just talked about that. Yeah. You quoted Scott Pianowski. Yeah. Mitchell's the guy that can give you like Devon A. Chain light on like seven touches. So you right. have to, yeah. in my yeah. opinion, that's what yeah. I would do. Yeah. But just going back to this Thanksgiving thing, we did one of these Thanksgiving drafts on YouTube. So, you know, obviously we used to do it on Sirius XM. You would host it there. Um, so I brought it over to YouTube and I have Rotowire put up a hundred bucks. I invite six people from around the industry. We just did one yesterday. I picked at six and got Purdy Kittle stack. So I'm like you said, I'm now excited about that for right. the Thanksgiving game. So 
Yeah. Um, does that mean I should start? Pur- let me see what they got. It's uh, Purdy at Seattle, and it's Dak hosting the team. I got to think about that. That's a hard a th- call. It's a thin slate. Oh, you mean you have that call in your in right. my NFFC? Like my, you know, that team's about eighty points. Got what is it? Week 12, 12, 13, 14. I got three more weeks to make up about eighty points. Yeah, I mean twenty five a week, twenty seven a week. Yeah, so like you know, I, I've been scoring big numbers, but you know, it's always like effing. Kenny Walker like just kills me, you know. Like know. The, the, but like, okay, everyone's got that kind of stuff. It's not just me. But you know, I, if I get a two hundred point week, right, like just one, you know, then I'm like right there. Then it's just like fifty fifty, you know. So I just need some big weeks, and I can't make a mistake. Like last week, I left fourteen points on the bench with Purdy, and I just gotta look inside my soul and figure out Niners at Seahawks. Now Gino, I think is gonna play, right? Because um, that matters. If Gino doesn't play. You know, maybe the Niners take the foot off the gas a bit. No, Gino's going to play um, by all accounts. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there's I wouldn't play Gino in. No, any, no, I'm not playing Gino. I'm yeah. saying that the fact that he's there means the Niners, you know, will probably, you know, they'll be less likely to be up, you know, 17 in the second quarter and just start handing it off to Elijah Mitchell or somebody. You know, I mean, they'll they'll probably be more aggressive. Um, and then, uh, the team at the Cowboys, the team gets into shootouts, you know, the team, Sam Howell just keeps chucking it all game. And so there's that. So those are the two, you know, they're both good options. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but I gotta, I gotta think about it. I'm leaning Dak. My vibe is Dak, but it's tight. Yep. Uh, I'm just, I'm looking at some running back rankings right now, just like for the total year. Do you have any idea what the top who the top five or six running backs are? No, I know it's so crazy. I looked at like McCaffrey's one, uh-huh. but like Mostert's like five two, or something. Two. Yeah. Mostert's okay. two now, but but Mostert like hasn't done anything in like a month, right? So like it doesn't matter. This yeah, is, okay. So I know it's all per, from his yeah yeah. Well, no per game matters too because all right, I'll know, give you per game. Here you go. So McCaffrey's twenty four points per game. Obviously, you're well, by far the best. Yeah, right. Mostert's eighteen point eighteen points a game. Right. I mean, I know he had those monster games. Uh, Travis Etienne is, you know, a tick below the 18. And then Rashad White, man, is 15 points I know, a game. He's and he's fourth. not even good. He's not even good. Yeah, Barkley's like in the top 10 or 12 or something. And he's he's had a, he's missed four games. Per game, Barkley's like, what's Barkley per game? Right now, Barkley is uh, he's 12 points a game. He's got 137 points in the year. By the Raider I'm looking at, he's 22. No, but that do it just per game, though. He's not per, 22 per game. He yeah, missed four oh, games. Yeah, no, no. He is. If you do per game, he's down there. It's is it 20, PPR? Yeah, PPR because because you, you have to think about it. like it's only 12. He's had a bunch of low scores. Like if you when you look at his game log uh, list, like he's got a nine. He's 22. I think in the NFFC, I thought he was like 12 or something. Maybe, maybe about per game. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, it's it's some very strange running backs. Like Eckler's not had a good year, even after being hurt coming back. He hasn't done that much. Um, Jonathan Taylor has been very modest, even though he's starting to take over the, yeah. Brian the Robinson's number six. Yeah. It's really ugly. Swift is five. Well, well, here's something I wanted to mention because a few weeks ago you were like, look, you know, you faded the quarterbacks, but those top quarterbacks are all the guys they're supposed to be. But I got Dak and Purdy in that league, right? Like oh. Dak is doing in Purdy are the same as Patrick Mahomes. Okay. So like that's right. They're fine. And in my other stake league, I got golf and Purdy as my two quarterbacks. And then in my other leagues, I got Anthony Richardson in two of them, and then Kirk Cousins with Richardson in one. Those are great picks. They just got hurt, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. this. Well, so, so I never. I it was. It's. It's still, in my opinion, was fine to. Uh, I mean, of course, I made some errors, which I wouldn't have made if I had Josh Allen. I would start him every week instead of making these Purdy Dak errors. But 
Um, but there was a lot of good quarterbacks throughout the draft that were easy to get late. And, and so I don't really, you know, I don't really regret it. It's just that the running backs you got were crap anyway. So you may as well have done it. And even the receivers, I mean, it's, it's interesting that like, the, you know, Tyreek Hill is like, you know, number one and Amon Ra's pretty high and AJ Brown. Oh, you're, you like Amon Ra now, huh? Well, I, well, he's as a player, I think he's good. Uh, but the I fantasy player is even better. Well, as a fantasy player, he's so consistent. He hasn't had yeah. a dud because his only uh, weeks that he didn't have like 100 yards or close to it, he had touchdowns. Right. And so he's uh, he's been really good fantasy-wise. Yeah. When, you, when you're talking about the uh, the standings right now as far as wide receivers, uh, Hill is one, Keenan Allen is two, C.D. Lamb has had a bunch of monster games, so he's three, A.J. Brown four, Jamar Chase five, but he's fading, and then Amon Ra six. I mean – any of those guys that you picked, I mean, if those you want, were the guys that were the top, you know, Diggs right. has slipped a bit, but he's still like what eighth or something, right? Like, yeah, seventh Puka's yeah. is eight, uh, yeah. nine and Evans is 10. Right. So the top seven are all like seven of the top, like 10 guys off the yeah. board. And Garrett Wilson is just cause Rogers got her. I mean, he would have been, none of the receivers were really errors and all of the running backs are pretty much, you know, Bijan, Barkley, Eckler, everyone, but McCaffrey was kind of a disaster. Yeah. I brought up, Tank Dell uh, on the Houston Texans earlier. He's right now number 14. Where do you think he'll get drafted next year if we were drafting right now? is Originally, my thought was like sixth round. but Fourth, fourth round. Yeah, that's more. He's so know. small. Like, I just don't know. It doesn't how matter, man. Like, it doesn't matter. The guy gets open. He gets, he gets open. open, but like, you know, what happens makes- when he, for a full season, can he get 135, 140 targets? Most of the guys that size get 100 targets max. Right. And they end up being Deshaun. It's like Deshaun Jackson, right? Deshaun Jackson was good, but he was never one of those, you know, valuable fantasy receivers because he, he would get 98 targets, 60 Listen to these targets. Listen to these targets. The last three games, ready? Yeah. 10, 14, and 11. Yeah. I mean, they were in that uh, come from behind game against Tampa was one of whatever the Whatever it runs. is. Whatever right. it is. And then he had but, another 10 and a seven target I think, game earlier. I, I I think it's possible, but it's almost never do you have a guy that size doing it for, you know, I'm sure Deshaun Jackson had a nine or 10 target game a couple of times, but you know, they're round pick in fantasy Deshaun Jackson uh, ish. Deshaun Jackson's numbers was like a hundred targets, 67 catches, a thousand yards. And once in a while you get eight or nine touchdowns because you get some deep shots, but um, you were never going to get that. Like, you know, 150 targets, 112 catches, you know, 1,400 yards and, and 10 touchdowns that you get out of the CD Lambs and the guys that are a little bit bigger. Oh, I'm not saying take them in the first round. No, no, no. I'm saying that because <laughs> they can't possibly be in the first round. That That's the point. Right. It's not that it's not. It's like when you take um, who's a fourth rounder this year that like, you know, like a receiver, you mean? Yeah. Let's say like, you know, Drake London. He, he hasn't had a good year, but right. you think, yeah, this guy could be like Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Well, Ayuk, it's hard to see the targets really, but Cortland uh, Sutton, I mean Amari Cooper. Sutton sucks, but yeah, Cooper, right? Like, like Coop, Cooper, if Watson, you know, um was himself, you could see Cooper getting like 145 targets, 100 catches, Terry McLaurin. 12, 1200, yeah, Terry McLaurin, same thing, could do it, right? You don't want to take a guy, you know, above like the fourth, fifth, sixth round that you just don't think can get 140 targets. That you just don't think it's in the cards. Now he could get 140 targets, but Will he hold up getting 140 targets? 
How about Puka next year? Let's say everyone comes back. The band is back together. You have Stafford. You have McVeigh. You have uh, Cup, and everyone's back. They uh, they basically don't add anything of consequence. It's Puka. It's Cup, and it's two two Atwell. Where do you think third round? Gonna... I'll go in the third. So you don't think second, huh? If he finishes crazy strong, he, he will go second. But I think if we're drafting now, he goes in the third. All right. I mean, I think he's he's shown that he's good. The other problem is like Stafford's old now. He's been hurt a lot. I mean, you're you know these guys aren't getting younger. Um, you know, one of the big errors I made was um, Ridley. Cr- no, Ridley's been like you know I got the him game. in the fourth. I got him in the fourth. You know, uh, the the guy the error I made was Christian Watson. I got him in the fifth. Ugh, me too. But it, it was that I, you know I got him twice in the fifth round, and then I got him in the stake league. And the thing about him is like that Jordan Love thing was real. Like we just you know just to be like oh Rogers Love like Rogers wasn't you know 100 percent last year anyway, but like. When there's big change, you know, or even a lave, right? A new QB comes in. Um, it's like when there's big changes happening, it, it's very risky to just say, oh, this is just going to be like last year. But, you know, even though because cars is as good as Dalton, but it's like, yeah, but it's just different, right? There's a different, it's a different person. And when it's the same, um, it's just so much more stable, you know? Well, it's- here was the, uh, the rug pull. Um, with with Christian Watson was he did have one game with Jordan Love and he produced. So I know it's a one game sample and that's obviously dangerous, but I was able to tell myself the story like, hey, I saw it with Jordan Love, you know, like I saw him produce. So, hey, it's going to be fine. That's his go to guy. But I mean, it was a it was a slant that he took to the house, uh, you know, so. eh. Yeah, like I was doing the I I only watched the five minute version of I think it was the Monday night game or the, the Thursday night game last week. And I was saying Zay Flowers. I start that dude. He's like five for 42, four for 42, no touchdowns. Like it's like pointless to start that guy. And then someone pointed out, you know, he took a, he had a, like a 60 yard touchdown call back on a phantom hold. You know, it would have made the finishing line, you know, this overall line a lot better. So I went, I watched the replay of it and it was like, he got a screen. There was good blocking. He ran straight down the lane that was blocked for him for the touchdown. It was fine. He wasn't slow. You know, he had, he had decent wheels, but it was like, that's not going to change my, you know, my stance on him, which is that he's a bit like, he's, he's like Darius Tony. If Tony could stay healthy, you know, yep. it's like maybe better, maybe like a better route runner. Like Tony, every time he's in a punt return, it's like, this is so exciting. I love this guy. And if he's in the open field, he's so electric, but it's like, okay, but this guy can't stay healthy. He's a bit of a head case, and he's just not going to be Mahomes' guy. I mean, Tony should be like, he's a first-round pick. There's no one there. Tony should be taken over this year. People were yeah. drafting that guy in like the seventh round before he got hurt in the preseason. And, uh, you know, it's just he's obviously not the guy. Yeah, he was considered a reach pick in the first round. Like, it, it, all like the draft people were saying, it, whoever takes Tony in the first round, that's going to be like, Overdraft. The, the Gettle Chad took yeah. him. I but, mean, I can see the. But then Urban problem. Meyer, the the, the Giga Ch- the Giga Giga Chad. Have you seen that uh, video where that there's Urban Meyer's doing like an interview for some college football thing, and there's a guy in the background. There's like a mirror, and in the background, there's a guy pulling a bong, who's on his boat with him. <laughs> yes, like yes. So that is just so. I have so much respect for that. And so um, Urban Meyer, you know, backed up the Giga Chad. It was like, oh, if, if he didn't take him, we would have taken him. And then he took Travis Etienne. Because Tony was gone. That's who they right. said he would have taken. It's funny. It's like, and yeah. And meanwhile, that was the way better pick. But yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I was tantalized when I saw, you remember that game against Dallas with Tony when he was on the Giants? I mean, he looked like he was like a video game character, the way he was moving with the 170 yards. And then he got ejected in the same game. <laughs> 
It's too he got good. into a fight and got ejected. Yeah. He, had, he, had, he had Odell Beckham's whole career in one game, in, in one season. Like his rookie year was Odell Beckham's whole career, basically. Yeah, that's actually a good point. A uh, couple just loose ends. And someone in the chat asked about the Miami backfield. I, I, I think a nice little sneaky pickup this week is Jeff Wilson. When we did our video, um, Jeff Erickson and I, we were talking about Ahmed, but he was since uh, Salvin Ahmed, who caught a touchdown in week 11 on a screen pass, is now on IR. A chain, who knows if he's playing. So you have Mostert, who most hurt. M- there you go. Well, meanwhile, he's been rock solid for two years. No injuries, never mi- no yeah. missed games in two years, yeah. uh, this year and last year. So you have now Jeff Wilson, who was a healthy scratch last week, moves in. And he, if your waiver wire ran, he's out there. He's free. You know, like, yeah. you know, I know we, we always kind of the f- fantasy football cliche. This guy's free. He literally is free. I, I picked him up in a couple spots. I haven't been that. Actually, I could, this is an, I could start him over Keaton Mitchell. He's a backup right now, so I would not do that. But yeah. I'm saying is I mean, one A-chain, most- A-chain, it's like, fuck off. You know, like, dude, I wait for a month, put you in, you get two points, you don't get any points, you're out again. And it's just like, that's bullshit. You he know? re-aggravated an injury. I mean, he I was- know, I know, but like, dude, fuck you. You know, like, <laughs> that, I mean, like you're like the greatest player of all time, right? The first one I had you on the bench because- Yeah, you didn't capture that right? one. I didn't all. know. I get one game out of it, maybe two, right? I think one of them I split, I put someone else in. And then now- I wait all year because you're the greatest player of all time. Put you in, and then you ruin my team again. I mean, this, this is, is just like this is Kadarius Tony all over again. No, but it's worse. It's way worse because Tony, you know, was all like theoretical. You were never like benching well, someone good for Tony. You know, no, you saw that. You saw that big 170 yard game, and then you just kept playing him. I kept drafting him. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. But you know, A Chain was like on the highest, most efficient offense of all time through like eight games. It was like it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Liz. Well, it's Thanksgiving, so I'll do something that you hate, and yeah. I will. Uh, I'm going to give you a little praise right here, and that uh, I am thankful that we've gotten to do this uh, this pod all year, and that we're going to continue to do it until we get bored and not do it for this year. But uh, I appreciate you. You know, I've always uh, started off as a fan of of your work, and now it's a. a Rotowire, you're basically one of the reasons why I was hired. Rotowire, I know you don't take credit, but you helped facilitate that with, you know. I begged them not to hire you. I told them it was a mistake. <laughs> so I thank you for that. I'm appreciative. I still love everything you're doing over at Real Man Sports. Uh, anyone that's new to the podcast here, go check out Chris Liss's content uh, at realmansports.com. Puts everything there. And also the Chris Liss podcast, which is he talks about the state of society, politics, all that kind of stuff. Um, and Rotowire right now, if you want to get behind our paywall, rotowire.com forward slash try two days uh, free. You can just put in your email, paywall unlocks. Let everyone know. Uh, are you posting a real man? Uh, not real man would. Are you posting a Chrysalis podcast this week for Thanksgiving? I think I will, you know, because yeah. I didn't edit it last week. I got feedback from a few people, including I, you. I sent you. Yeah, I thought it yeah. was good. And so the editing's the work. So like, even though I, you know, I ran a 10 K this morning just cause I'm, I was going to eat a lot tomorrow. So I just kept running. You're a sick and then man. I, I'm a sick person. And then I just like did this. So if I still have energy and don't want to go to sleep later, if I don't have to edit it, I can just bust it out in 45 minutes. And yeah, so hopefully I will have one. And that's not um, code for anything. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's not really. It's just literally what I'm saying it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And thank you for the nice words. Um, yeah. I appreciate that you're doing these with me also. Um, you know, you're, I'm surprised they still let you do it, uh, to be honest, <laughs> but you know, it's not my problem anymore. So I don't, uh, you know, I'll keep yeah. going. You know, so I think those guys it. have mailed it in, right? Is that what you're going to yeah. say next? <laughs> no, I don't know if they mailed it in, but they, you know, it's like, I don't know. I think, I think the times are changing a bit. I think the, yeah. uh, the, the zeitgeist is shifting a little from the cancel culture. Oh, you said a wrong thing. That's wrong thing to like, 
eh, maybe those people who think that maybe they should just, you know, shut the fuck up and we'll just, or we'll just ignore them. And I think that's more the ethos. And so, um, you know, that's a good thing. And so, um, you know, maybe yep. a year ago it wouldn't have been uh, possible to, yeah, uh, this is still one of the more popular videos on, on the Roadwire YouTube page. Like I said, it's, uh, it, it's not a 20,000 view thing, but it, for the people that the one week we, we stopped doing it, you know, and again, I'm under no illusion. They're here to see you, you know, I I'm here just to kind of steer the ship a little bit. Uh, but they, uh, they missed it. They said, where, you know, I got an e uh, a, a, a couple DMS. What happened to the podcast? So that's always, uh, yeah, my mom sent those DMS. That's nice of her. I <laughs> you know, uh, tw- we don't have 20,000. I thought you told me you were getting 2 million views on these. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, once, once we really go scorched earth, then I expect once, once I get, yeah, we will go scorched earth soon. And I got to get a, you know, the camera, by the way, no one's, you didn't say anything. Look how nice the lighting is in my, in my camera that I downloaded the software myself. Same camera looks good. I, I think it looks better. It. I think it looks better. I think we can do better. Yeah. So right. well, yeah, I don't want to send me the camera info. Yeah, I don't want to give you too much praise for for getting to like acceptable. You were uh, below acceptable for the yeah. first eleven weeks. Below acceptable is how I roll. Yes, you were Zach Wilson, and now yeah. you're yeah. Andy off Dolphin. the field as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You M effer. Yes. All right. Well, go visit Chris Liss over at Real Man Sports Chris Liss Podcast. I'm at Alan Sislowski. We'll see you next week. With another, what we call it Survivor, but we talk about everything fantasy. It's not really Survivor, yeah. No, I'm still live though. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I fear that if I change the brand name, Epstein's client list. I told you last week. You want to do that one week and just see what happens? Try. I don't think Roadwire lets you do it, but I don't know why. It's not like anyone's for that. People are like, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Oh, really? You're for the the Epstein side? Like, I mean, who's on that side? No one's on that side. Yeah, I'm just worried that YouTube might, um, d- uh, you know, suppress it here. So, yeah, probably. No, I'm just trying to think if there's another catchy fantasy football name that I could call it, like, you know, Week 13 Sleepers or just, I, no, I don't. None of that stuff. Nobody cares. Every, uh, you know, you got to realize only like five people in each league are still alive now. Yeah. So, like, the audience is gone. The only reason to, to tune in um, is to listen to something they might find interesting. And so just, you know, name it something, you know, really absolutely uh, odd and just out of curiosity, they'll click on it. Yeah. All right. But like I said, this is our brand. Survivor has become just call the, it the client list. Just call it the client list. You can do that. Yeah. I think that's too, that might start serving it to another audience. I, I don't know. I'll, let me think it through. <laughs> For now, I, I might just stick. I, I think about it every week because obviously I want to get maximum attention on the podcast and get it out to the most people. But anyway, everyone have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. And uh, let us know in the comments who, what you think we should title the podcast for next week if you have a better idea than Survivor. All right, everybody. Goodbye.